for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Josh Kendall, who covers the Atlanta Falcons for The Athletic, about Week 15 down in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. Pits the 7-6 and 49ers sitting in the 6th seed right now in the NFC playoff picture against the 6-7 and seven Atlanta Falcons. The 49ers coming off of a victory against the Cincinnati Bengals on the road last week. The Falcons have won 2 of 3 and need to win this game to stay alive in the NFC playoff picture. All things we can talk about with Josh Kendall, who joins me next. Today is Friday, December 17th. It's a pleasure to welcome to the podcast for the first time, Josh Kendall. He covers the Atlanta Falcons for The Athletic. Great to have you on for the first time, man. Uh, How's your Falcon season going out there in Atlanta? Well, up and down. You know, this is Arthur Smith's first year, and it didn't start great. But they've gotten into a little bit of a rhythm and and are in one of that sort of muddled middle of the NFC of teams that could potentially still make the playoffs. It's a year full of parity, I think, in the NFL. And, and as you mentioned, it's, it's pretty jumbled and muddled down there at the bottom of the NFC playoff picture. And the 49ers are, are certainly a part of that, only a game up in the win column on the Atlanta Falcons. I want to ask you about Arthur Smith. How's he been received in his first year there? You know, Dan Quinn, kind of a rah-rah guy who was there. We know Kyle Shanahan came from that system and, you know, had some ties there. The Falcons came into uh, to Levi Stadium and beat the Niners a couple of seasons ago with a, a drag across the goal line by Julio Jones. How's Arthur Smith been received, though? How's, uh, how's his first tenure going in is there hope beyond this season? I think he's been received well. He is not Dan Quinn in that he is not rah-rah. And Dan Quinn, for most of the Falcons fans, had grown tired. That, you know, Coach T-shirt, I think, is what some of them derisively still call him because he, you know, he often had mottos, mantras on his T-shirt on the practice field. So you generally hire different from the person you just fired. So you go with Smith, who's, a, you know, a really smart guy, very dry sense of humor, very close to the vest publicly and even off the record, you know, behind the scenes, whatever you want to call it. He is circumspect. He's not reserved, but he's reserved with what he tells you. So, you know, I, I think that Falcons fans are willing to give that a shot. And it helps that they've won outside of the Tampa Bay game. They've won two out of three. They're back in the mix. This fan base had low expectations when this group came in because of the salary cap situation, because you're coming off of a four-win season. Anything that Arthur Smith and this staff do from this point forward positively is kind of gravy. I think Falcons fans, you're right, may be pretty happy that they're 6 and seven, second place in the South, but still in the mix when it comes to possibly making the playoffs. Tell me about the defense right now. Dean is kind of a, a well-respected guy around the league, I think. But uh, I saw Fowler did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, what's the status of the defense uh, right now for the Falcons heading into Sunday? They are piecing things together. Eric Harris, the veteran safety who they signed, to fill a gap for a little while is out for the season after last week with a chest injury. Isaiah Oliver, who was a young guy, second year guy, who they really, Dinkies really liked him at nickel towards ACL early in the year, second game of the year, been out for the season. They've been scrambling in the secondary since then because they've had to move guys around to fill that nickel spot. Fowler's been in and out of the lineup with a calf injury. You don't know if he'll play Sunday, but you can see why Pease is respected. They have improved. They played really poorly against the Eagles the first game out, and they acknowledged that. And he said at the time, it's going to be a process. My system is completely different from what they were running before. They're going to have to learn a lot of new things, and it's just going to take some time, and we're going to be patient. And they have gradually gotten better. They're middle of the pack defensively. They are not a stone wall. They are just going to be content to kind of play catch between the 20s and hope they get some red zone stops, force some field goals, maybe get some turnovers. They've had two pick sixes in the last two games. So they feel like it's starting to trend in the right direction. 
but this is not a defense that's going to help Atlanta win games. This is a defense that's just going to try to not lose games for Atlanta, and they've done a much better job of that. So sort of a rare thing for the Niners last week is they threw the ball 41 times with Jimmy Garoppolo and won. They kind of had to uh, in, in overtime, and uh, it was even getting close to where they were maybe playing for a tie. But but everybody knows, I think, that their calling card is running the ball effectively. They had a three-game winning streak earlier this year where they ran the ball 40 times uh, twice in that win streak and in the high 30s that last time uh, in the third game in which they won in a row. When the Falcons do play well on defense, when they are helping the team, you're saying they're not a reason they're going to win, but when they do find success on the defensive side of the ball is it through the air it's stopping the passing game or is it stopping the run what what do they need to do well to stop the Niners this weekend well Kyle Shanahan's going to look at the tape from this year and going to like his chances to run the ball the run defense like everything else has been a work in progress but if you're a Falcons fan what you take positively coming into this game is that in October Carolina came into Atlanta and ran for 203 yards and just essentially bullied Atlanta Those two teams played in Charlotte last week, and Carolina ran for 91 yards. So it's getting better. They're making improvements. But Carolina is kind of a mess offensively. They don't have what San Francisco has in the running game. So I I think that run defense will be the key. The pass defense has been fine. It hasn't been great. They've just been kind of average in everything. A.J. Terrell, their second-year cornerback, is, I think, quietly having one of the best years in the NFL. But Eric Harris is out. You know, they're going to probably have to play second-year safety Richie Grant more than they would like to. Fabian Moreau has been in and out of the lineup with injury on the other corner outside of Terrell. So they're just, you know, sticking pieces together and seeing what works. And I think when people think Atlanta Falcons, they don't always think defense anyway, especially since Matt Ryan's been there. It's an offensive-powered uh, team, I think, when you look at, to, at what they do well. I want to talk about a couple other players on the offense, and we'll get to some Matt Ryan stuff. Kyle Pitts, this is a guy who I think everybody uh, was clamoring over as just a pure talent guy. If there weren't so many quarterbacks taken in the first round of last year's draft, I think this could have been a guy that was looked at as, as maybe the phenom player or maybe one of the highest ceilings out of the draft last season. He's, he's perfect for what the NFL needs at pass-catching tight end in today's game, and he's really come on strong in the second part of the season what can you tell me about Kyle Pitts he has been everything that they thought he was gonna be now he just hasn't been that consistently which they didn't expect but fans tend to he had a back-to-back hundred yard games about a third of the way through the season then he fell off for a little while he bounced back against Carolina had six catches had a big day had the game winning game ceiling catch on third down So he has been exactly what they wanted. But there are some fans in Atlanta who will always say, and maybe rightfully, they should have taken a quarterback with that pick because in the long run, that's going to be what they need because Matt Ryan is not going to play forever. I think Arthur Smith just couldn't resist Pitts because he fits so perfectly into what he wants to do. And when this team lost Calvin Ridley, who was stepped away from football for mental health issues, that really hurt Pitts because Ridley was the wide receiver who took the pressure off of Kyle Pitts. Without him in the lineup, this team does not have a go-to wide receiver with apologies to Russell Gage, who's played pretty well the last couple of weeks. So Pitts is getting a ton of attention. And Arthur Smith is just not going to force the ball to a guy. There's a lot of, you drafted this kid with the number four overall pick. I don't care what the defense is doing. You ought to find ways to get him the ball. Arthur Smith is simply not wired that way. He's going to run the system. And Matt Ryan is the perfect Arthur Smith quarterback. Because Matt Ryan's not forcing the ball to anybody either. Matt Ryan is going to make the mathematically correct play 90% of the time. If you give him 40 checkdowns, and he's on the record saying this, 
you give him 40 checkdowns, he's just going to take 40 checkdowns. Fans are frustrated that you don't just force eight balls a game to pitch, but that's not what this staff is going to do. Yeah, I think fantasy owners certainly want him to force eight passes a game to Kyle Pitts. Uh, he's a guy who looks like he's going to be around for a long time, and he seems like he can high point a ball, you throw it up, maybe he can get after it. You mentioned Russell Gage. Uh, he's had to step into a role where, uh, again, they've had to sort of, I think, go with a different style, as you mentioned, since Calvin Ridley stepped away, and, and Julio Jones no longer a part of this roster. How has he fared this season? I mean, I know he's not a as big of a bodied guy, but he's, uh, he's played in a lot of games. I'm looking at 10 games this year, 42 catches. Been somewhat of a solid receiver, but not a big deep ball guy. That's a read I'm getting. Yeah, I mean, he had a 49-yard touchdown catch earlier in the year. That was a big play for him. That's certainly his biggest play, and that's been the rarity. He's been their third-down guy. He's been their underneath guy. And he's played well the last two weeks because he has played more within the scheme of the offense. Again, it goes back to the scheme of this offense. The run game fits into the same conversation on Arthur Smith saying, we believe in these things that we're doing, and we're just going to keep doing them until we do them right. And doing them right requires so many details to be right. Russell Gage is a, like all of these guys out here, is an incredible physical talent. What Russell Gage was not doing really well was staying within the timing of the offense and being where Matt Ryan expected him to be when Matt Ryan expected him to be there. He has made progress in that, and I think that that's why you're seeing so many balls come his way in the last two weeks. But he's not a guy who's going to torch things. He's a guy you better be, you better know where he is on third down. It's so funny that you have to hedge that by saying, like, he is still in a, like a physical specimen. All these guys, like, you know, they, they twist the knee or they roll an ankle, and we're like, yeah, when's he back? You and I would be out for, for months. You know what I mean? Look at <laughs> when I hear myself saying he's a great athlete, I think, well, you know, so are the other 52 guys out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see guys at the Y who are pretty good athletes. These guys are, are some of the best specimen uh, on the planet. Hey, a thought from you on, on Corderell Patterson. This guy's kind of become what everybody thought he'd be when he got to the league. Then he sort of became a pure kick returner. And now this guy's a, he's a running back he's a receiver I've seen were they going to line him up at DB or did he play some DB last week tell me about Cordero Patterson and his emergence as just an offensive stalwart this season he played DB a few weeks ago um in their Hail Mary defense which is you know he, he was the deep safety in in their big play defense which is what we kind of expected him to be if he ever got in on defense he's been a lot like Debo Samuel he's been a guy that you could line up in a lot of different positions we've asked everybody from Dave Ragone, the offensive coordinator, to Arthur Smith, the head coach, to Cordero himself. Why is it that year nine is the year that you've broken out? Nobody will give you a satisfying answer. Cordero, who's a wonderful personality, said you'd have to ask God. So I think that the key is that this is a team that needs offensive weapons. Cordero Patterson can do a lot of things. Arthur Smith likes to have guys who can do a lot of things. So it's been a nice marriage for them late in Cordero's career. Yeah, it's been fun to watch him, definitely. A bunch of touchdown catches earlier. Yeah, three touchdowns in a game earlier this season. He's, he's been a lot of fun to watch. And then the guy we're all going to see under center, you talked about him earlier, man, Matt Ryan, uh, future Hall of Famer. He's been there forever. There was rumors that maybe they would move on from him. People in San Francisco were kicking his name around before they traded up to uh, the number three pick to take Trey Lance. How much longer has he got? And do you think he ends up doing something? I know he's a little bit older, but something like a Matt Stafford where maybe he gets out of Atlanta, or, or do you think he's a Falcon for life and, and he's just going to help build this team into something before he goes? Well, Ryan and Stafford are good friends, so there's been a lot of speculation that maybe Matt would follow the Matthew Stafford retirement plan. I don't think that's impossible at all. Arthur Smith would love to have Matt Ryan as long as Matt Ryan wants to play. The problem is they've reworked his contract so many times that next year his cap hit goes to $48 million, and it's $40 million the year after that. They'll obviously do some restructuring, but at some point, 
they may have to or feel like they have to cut or trade Matt Ryan. And he is going to be a really classic example for Falcons fans of be careful what you wish for because he's very polarizing in Atlanta. Just because he's been here 14 years, they've never won the Super Bowl, they had the obvious collapse that people still hold against him and everybody else in a Falcons uniform. And so there are a ton of people who you know, will bang really loud on the drum that Matt Ryan is the problem, and this team's never going to win with Matt Ryan at quarterback. And, woo boy, when this team gets a rookie quarterback in here, some of those same people are going to change their tune, I think. Man, it should be a fun one. This is one that the Niners have to have. I think a lot of people feel like the Niners should have, but they have not fared well at home. And, and am I right in saying the Falcons have been a pretty darn good road team this year, which is sort of out of character for a dome team? Yeah, the Falcons have not won a game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They are 0-5. The London game was a home game. So they technically have won a home game, but it was in London. They're 0-5 in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but they've played really well on the road. They're 5-2. and They can't explain to you why but it's very clear that this has been a better team on the road than it has been at home, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, Niners won a whole year without winning a game at home, and uh, and again, those games in Arizona they had to play last year during COVID didn't count either. So, hey, Josh, thanks so much, man. Great insight on the Atlanta Falcons, and uh, uh, good luck to you the rest of the way. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and we'll catch up with you down the road. Thanks for having me. Y'all take care. Great stuff from Josh Kendall, covers the Falcons for The Athletic. Make sure you give him a follow if you've got any uh, questions or or information you need about the Falcons before the Niners get going this weekend. Yeah, the Falcons are a damn good road team. The Niners have been questionable at best at home. And as we talked to David Lombardi earlier this week, they're a mediocre team, a team that needs to win this game to more solidify a playoff spot. David told us on Wednesday about the percentages that the Niners could go up to 90% to get into the playoffs with a win. They would drop down near 35% with a loss. All things to pay attention to on Wednesday when Matt Ryan comes to town. Thank you to Josh Kendall. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We'll keep bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. We'll talk on Monday with Marcus Thompson about Steph Curry's record-breaking performance on Wednesday night. And that'll take us into the final week of 2021 with The Athletic. So on Monday, a little Steph Curry talk. And then we'll focus on the San Francisco 49ers and the Tennessee Titans, a Thursday night tilt next week. Until then, everybody enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.